This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian, is with us as he is most Friday afternoons at this time. Conrad, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. Conrad, yeah, by the you? way, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, you got to fill me in here. You've been following this impeachment inquiry as it's been playing out? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the hearings today, but I've certainly followed it up to today. So uh, what's your sense for where this is all going? Uh, it, it's a fizzle. It's a farce. They don't have anything. And and uh, I think uh, Sondland, the... Um, Special envoy was the ambassador to the EU, but special envoy read the Ukraine, re Ukraine, I should say. Uh, he um, he has basically indicated he's going to blow up the opening comments uh, pretty thoroughly. And uh, all we have to go on here is a contest of hearsay uh, and attributions and, and imputations to to Trump of having discussed something that did not, in fact, happen, and which, if he uh, had brought it about, would have been perfectly in order. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the president formulating foreign policy as he wishes. He has an obligation as the head of the executive branch to try and find out if crimes have been committed, especially by prominent people. He had no point, and has never been suggested, that he asked Ukraine or any uh, official of the government of Ukraine to to uh, produce a, uh, a negative report on Biden. All he asked for was to get to the bottom of what happened and tell him. And, and I would have thought that the American public and the political community, especially the Democrats, even more than the Republicans, would want to know if Biden had been influence peddling and would want to know if, in fact, the suspicion that he had was unfounded. And so uh, the idea that you can get two-thirds of the members of the U.S. Senate to declare that they are convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that the president has committed high crimes on the scale of treason or bribery, which the Constitution requires to remove him from office, uh, on, on the basis of hearsay about something which did not happen, and if it had, would not have been improper, is just so insane, I can't believe we're paying any attention to it. Well, uh, they are, and uh, I guess, you know, now the bribery thing has become sort well, of... Well, they, they've got that because the Constitution says treason or bribery. Right. Uh, and the idea is that Trump was bribing a foreign official with the taxpayer's money in order to uh, get a a negative story about or a negative report on the conduct of the Biden family. Uh, there's no evidence of that. It wasn't a bribe. He, all he was doing was asking for information, and in any case, he gave the taxpayers money without getting what he was asking for. I mean, the, I, I mean, look, I understand that a lot of people don't like Trump, but if we get into the business of, of saying, well, I don't like this guy, so we're going to remove him from his job because we think he's committed a grievous crime on the basis of bunk like that, then you can pack up civilization. We're back to the Stone Age. Again, with Conrad Black. So you think this might even redound against the Democrats? The public might lose their appetite? Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's going to be a disaster for them. Well, it's interesting. I mean, unless Pelosi has the brains to, to, ha- to have it voted down in the House. Well, if it isn't and it goes to the Senate, here's the other ploy they're talking about. If the Republicans kind of rag the puck and keep this thing going uh, right into early February, when the Iowa caucuses start February 3rd, New Hampshire votes in the primary uh, February 11th, if it's still going on, six of the senators who are running on the Democrat ticket for president are going to be tied up in the Senate. They can't campaign. Uh, Would that be a delicious irony? Yeah, in fairness, I don't know if McConnell would do that. I know it's been talked about, McConnell being the Republican senator from Kentucky as the Senate leader. But 
uh, I, I think there might be some uh, public reaction against the Republicans if the people thought that they were deliberately trying to inconvenience the Democratic candidate selection process. Of the six senators you refer to, Sanders and Warren are the only ones with any serious support. I mean, Harris has crashed dead. Booker has gone nowhere. Klobuchar is, I think she has some merit, but she has no panache. You know, the lady from Minnesota, mm. she's Walter Mondale and Hubert Humphrey and drag. She's, she's all right, at least. She's not an extremist. <laughs> and, 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 um, and so, I, you know, I, I think that... Uh, uh, I, I, I don't think the Republicans are at all afraid of any of those people. I'd be happy to run against any of them. And so I don't think they will do that. But I think what you could get is either McConnell saying, I want to vote on whether the Senate believes that what has gone on in the House actually justifies a, a trial of the president in this Senate uh, on the basis of what the Constitution provides for people voted to have uh, been uh, subject to an article of impeachment in the House of Representatives for a high crime comparable to treason or bribery. And I, and uh, obviously, I, I have my doubts that the Republican Senate would would approve of a trial on that basis. And the, the other alternative, he doesn't want to put senators on the spot. Some of these Republican senators will have close races next year, uh, is to have a Supreme Court referral. And I think the Supreme Court would determine that issue on an urgent basis within about 10 days. But I think it is quite possible the Supreme Court would say, this is bunk, this isn't the stuff of an impeachment trial in the Senate, and then the Speaker of the House should you know, keep better control of her people and don't waste the country's time with this nonsense. Conrad, i got to ask you, we're tight on time here, but uh, closer to home, the teachers' unions, uh, it seems like uh, there's some belligerence there. Uh, the elementary teachers' uh, Looks like we'll have a work to rule starting on the 26th, and then the uh, secondary teachers uh, have already taken a strike vote, and uh, if they give a five-day notice, they could go out on strike, and then you've got the Catholic teachers. How should the Ford government handle the situation with the teachers' unions? It's awfully difficult, but in my opinion, what um, I, I, I respect your time deadline, so I'll be uncharacteristically succinct here. <laughs> I, I, I think they've got to... They, they, they can't allow the schools to close indefinitely in November. I mean, you just can't do it. So you, you, you do what you need to do uh, to get it through to the spring, but give public notice that this is blackmail, it's unacceptable, and it will be a matter of legislation later this year, and, and, you, and you prepare things. I think we have to ideally decertify the teachers' unions. And, and require a, a rigorous performance success standard of teachers, not treat them uniformly, reward those who do best, providing uh, it isn't doing best by the teachers themselves simply giving 100% or A-plus grades to every single student so they, so they get a higher salary for themselves, as long as we have a proper measurement system. And, and, and stop this business of the teachers masquerading as a learned profession, behaving as an irresponsible industrial union, and holding the children and the parents of the children of the province to ransom every time the union leaders feel like it. Uh, we're, we've got schools that are turning into daycare centers that don't teach anybody anything, run by teachers who are uh, in their collective negotiations represented by, uh, by a bunch of uh, lettered thugs. Well, all right. Uh, I appreciate your uh, keeping it pithy and succinct. Conrad Black. Can, can I give you one sentence historical example? Mm. When there was a teacher's strike in, in, in the Montreal French system in 1967, the then Premier, Mr. Johnson, 
ordered them back to work on severe penalties if it didn't happen. And when asked what he would do if they, if they still didn't come back to work, he said, I'll sack them all. The Minister of Education and I will give the lectures by closed-circuit television. I'll put a policeman in every classroom, and we'll rebate a billion dollars to the taxpayers. Wow. The uh, unions folded. It was a brilliant move. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for the lesson in history as well, Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.